Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? Inside the Electric Factory, high noon on a Friday. It's time for Euler and Motes on the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Motsy, I'm charged up on this Friday. We got football on Saturday. We got football on Sunday. We got football on Monday. Big time games this weekend, baby. I'm ready to go. Listen, it's national championship time, baby. You see what we're wearing in the booth today. JMU purple. It's going to carry you over to LSU purple. Ooh. And it's kind Better of, not carry over into Ravens purple. No, 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 no. All right, no, no. all right. That's, that's where it stops. Just, 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 just make it just, sure. You know what I mean? Just make it sure. Just let me get my purple on early. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change after that. <laughs> yeah, I got some purple on. There my, we go. My T-shirt has some purple on it. Go Dukes. Let's ride. Oh, man, T-shirt. Let's go Dukes. Yeah. We've got divisional round playoffs, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. We got mm-hmm. the FCS National Championship on Woo-wee! Saturday. We got the FBS National Championship on Monday. Woo-wee! And we got plenty to get into today, Arthur Motes. We're going to have some fun. Everybody, you already know the drill. If you want to get at us on the .com, the Twitter.com, you can tweet your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions at us over the next two hours at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We'll get into all of that, Arthur Motza. I want to talk, obviously, we'll spend a good amount of time talking about the NFL playoff games this weekend. I want to preview a little bit with you the college football playoff as well, too, although we could save the majority of that for Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a little bit of an anniversary that I want to get to. We're Ooh, talking some Steelers I love here. anniversaries. In the first, a good anniversary in this regard, Ooh, too. Even better. Because, you know, there are, some, there are some bad anniversaries, you know. And there's some I like when – never mind, I ain't better for you. I was just thinking about some of the pit guys that – I'll leave it alone. Yeah, here we yeah. go. I'm sorry. It's, it, it's accident. Here we go. It just happens. Here we go. Mozi. Dewan Blair. Here we go. I'm sorry. Dewan Blair's last game against WV was a fat L at Madison Square Garden, so I, like I don't it, know man. what you're talking about. I like it. Yeah. I like it. In the Big East, I can't remember if it was the quarterfinals mm. or the semifinals, but I digress. <sighs> uh, I losing wanted... is losing either way. That's right. Exactly. Winning's winning's losing. You know, like they say in uh, was Fast and the Furious, right? doesn't matter if you win by an inch or if you win by a mile. <laughs> I don't know why I just made Vin Diesel sound like Al Pacino yeah, there. Yeah, but... see if Vin doesn't <laughs> talk like that. <laughs> but, you, but you get it. Yeah, I'm following you, though. Uh, we said on Wednesday's show that we were going to start today Talking about some cap casualties, Arthur Motes, mm-hmm. all right? So I have got a list here. The tough conversations that we must have. The tough conversations that we must have. I've got a list here of Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, guys who still have contracts going forward for the next year or two who could be in that cap casualty realm, right? Yes. So i got a bunch of names mm-hmm. for you here that I'm going to throw out. And, uh, you know, I just I want to get your opinion on. First one. Mark Barron, inside linebacker, signed last off season, uh, two year, twelve million dollar deal. Right. So if the Steelers uh, were to part ways with Mark this year, they could obviously save some money in that regard. Uh, you've got Vince Williams, who is coming up on unneeding re-signed as well too. You've obviously got Devin Bush, the young rookie who exploded onto the scene this past year. Arthur Motes, in your best guess estimation, Mark Barron, a Pittsburgh Steeler yes, next year, yes or no? I think yes, and here's why. When I watch the film, they use Mark a ton mm-hmm. as that weak side coverage linebacker. 
I know Devin Bush has some of the splashier plays with the interceptions and things like that, but in terms of the guy that they like in coverage, it's Mark Barron. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that and I also look at his cap hit compared to Vince Williams' cap hit, for me, it looks that Mark is the one that you you still keep in that regard just because of the ability that he possesses in the coverage zone because now you're looking at potentially drafting a, a, another coverage linebacker to yeah. fill in. But we don't know how long it's going to take for that guy to get up to speed. We talked about how early in the season Devin Bush was inconsistent and he was a top 10 pick. Yeah. You're not going to have that luxury this year. You are not. You're not going to have a first-round pick. Right, you're, you're, and you're definitely not going to use a second-round pick on the inside linebacker because you have other positional needs that are more pressing. And unless you're trying to go out and, and get somebody in free agency, which we already know from a money standpoint, because of Bud Dupree's emergence, the right. money that's going to be associated with him, I don't see them really making a move with Mark Barron like that. I'm with you. And you mentioned Bud Dupree there. I know we've talked about him a lot, but pretty simple, right? On the franchise tag next year heading into next year i mean you think I, it's I think, that it's no no that I, I think i think worst case you franchise tag them i think if they're able to get a deal done great but because they I, are having those conversations right. i mean we hope they're having those i'm sure yeah. they're having those conversations right well, now. yeah they, they they definitely will and they'll heat up come february and that's kind of how they'll go about it but it's one of those things you franchise them because that locks you in it gives you right. the safety of knowing that okay i will have his services next season but that still doesn't mean you don't have time to negotiate a long-term deal. The deadline for the long-term deal is, what, July, I think it is? Yes. We, we laid those dates out yes. yesterday. Yeah. I believe it's I early, say it's like early, early July. July. Yeah, yeah. Where you have the time where it's like you can't negotiate a long-term deal after that point. Right. So for them, they have time. And that's why I think you'll hear them franchise them early on just because that's the safer bet. But they're definitely looking to get that long-term deal done. And knowing Bud, he's going to want to get a long-term deal done as well because you have sure. more job security with it. It's not based on, okay, if I don't go out here and get 10 sacks next year or 8 sacks next year, how is my market value? If right. I go out here and get hurt, how does that affect my market yeah. value? But at the same time, you know that he's going to want to get paid according to his productivity, sure. which this year warrants a lot of money. And that franchise tag, fortunately for Bud, and I guess from the Steelers' standpoint of keeping him around, is a lot of money. Absolutely. Nice hair over $16 million. <laughs> well, it's fortunate for the Steelers, but it's unfortunate because at the same time, we got to have these casualty conversations. Sure, because, because all of a sudden you're paying Bud an extra six and a half, seven Absolutely. million dollars a season, and that adds up. <laughs> oh, that adds up, no doubt. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of space in in any mm-hmm. um, salary cap type league. Uh, a guy who could be directly affected, Arthur Motes, is one Jay Wobble, Javon Hargrave. I'll ask you the same question back with the Steelers returning next season or not. I- I think no. Oh, so now you want to change. I thought we were just talking cap casualty guys. Well, we're going to get there. Okay. Listen, well, we you have... started out with Mark. I figured that was like the cap casualty like kickoff, and it was going to be, oh, what about this player who has a year Listen, I'm just Charlotte's Webb in this thing, I, all right? I see. We're going I, back I, and I forth. I see. I see. <laughs> I see. It's, it's not just cap casualty segment. This is well, I sent you who, FAs who will be and here FAs who too. won't be here. Yes. There we go. Who there will be go. here who won't be here? I was just trying to have the nice alliteration, the cap casualties. I like you know, that. It rolls I like off the tongue that. nicely. It, it does. But I just figured, like, if we're going to do that, we need to stick to the guidelines. <laughs> the of guys who cap aren't casualties. free agents. <laughs> uh, you really holding my feet to the fire I'm just now. Saying, huh? man. You 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 making me come up here and have to yeah, talk about my guys and do I want them? Well, we're parsing through them, the like, definitions of cap casualties yeah. here. I just don't like the cat. cat it just sounds so rough. Cat, it does. Cat. You're right, Ooh. but it, it, it sounds rough. But at the same time, it rolls off the tongue nicely. I, mean, I don't know. That's a nice alliteration. Fair enough. 
So we'll say, like you said, personnel decisions. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the uh, the broad the broad basis that we'll yes. go with this with. Uh, I say no with Javon Hargrave just because the Bud Dupree thing is a little bit of an exception where the Steelers quite often don't let guys like this get close to free agency, right, if they had a bunch of intent to re-sign them in the first place. Very true. And I look at it like this. The reason why Hargrave, I feel, won't be back next year is because of Stephon Tewitt. When you looked at the film last year, you saw the type of productivity Stephon Tewitt had. You saw the trajectory he was on last season. He looked like he was on all-pro all caliber type of year, type yeah. of trajectory. He got hurt. It was unfortunate. But when you look at Hargrave, he is the extra piece in terms of you already have what you need. He is he's the 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 cake on the side. Right. Like you don't really need him. It's great he's to have the it. The crab cake that comes with right. the fillet. Right. You don't really <laughs> need it, but it's great to have it. And knowing that you have to it coming back, knowing that you have Tyson Aluwalu, mm-hmm. knowing that you have Cam Hayward. Saw some good things from Bugs. And we already saw when you broke down the percentages of snaps, which personnel they were in, nickel personnel dominated. The, the the amount of personnel usage that they that the personnel groups that they use the most. Mm-hmm. They went nickel, then they had base in there, then from there you saw the dime packages and all the other exotic packages start to come out. Big nickel. Yeah, and all that cool stuff. But I think that's the biggest reason why Javon Hargrave won't be back. And then on top of that, you have to understand that Javon had another awesome year. So he's gonna warrant a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you cannot in the salary cap league you cannot have a pass rusher making what 16 this year on a franchise tag cam hayward making what seven or eight you're gonna have two of making almost uh eight or nine and then you have javon hargrave as your third guy making another five or six like that it just doesn't work like that and not even counting joe hayden and steven Nelson. right so with that being the case that's why I look at Javon as the guy that is unfortunately the odd man out. Good for his pockets, sure, but sucks that he's going to have to probably find somewhere else to get his full market value. Now, if he takes a, a, a super hometown discount, that's one thing. I personally don't recommend it, but if that's his thing, then that's his thing. But ultimately, I just don't see, unless he is grossly underpaid next year, how he fits in here. Yeah, I concur because he's, he's going to have a lot of teams that are willing to Offer him some nice cheddar, if you will. Yeah. All right, let's go back to some of these decisions of guys who are currently under look, look contract. Look at how you didn't worry. I like Cap Casualty. It sounds way better than decisions on guys who are currently under contract. Well, Cap Casualties makes it sound like you know, someone's dying. There's some casualties out hey, there. Hey, man, we talk about Black Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Today's Arthur Motes' Black Friday. Yeah. He's just, if you decide to live. Mochi lets you live, you live. Yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down. If you mostly calls you a casualty, you die. Uh, we got the guillotine in the back. Hey, no question, man. Uh, Ramon Foster, one year, five point five ish, a little bit more than five point five million dollar cap hit would be a four million dollar savings for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we know how they feel about Matt Filer playing left guard. We know how they feel about B.J. Finney on the interior of the line. Also, Finney though, a guy whose contract status is up in the air currently. Uh, the key stat for Ramon Foster. Nine consecutive seasons, he's started at least 14 or more games for the Steelers' offensive line. He's been a mainstay for a decade. Will that continue next year, Mosey? Yeah, this is the unique one right here. When you first look at it on paper, you can simply say, oh, yeah, man, Ramona be gone. You either re-sign Finney at a, a cheap rate 
or you just move Matt Filer into guard, which you already did this season. You have Chooks and Zach Banner battle for the right tackle spot. On on paper, that's the simple move. But the thing that makes this unique is this. You understand Ramon's value to the team in terms of the leadership, in terms of the consistency. You talk about how, through all his career, how many games he started each season. Yep. You also understand how, with Ben, he loves continuity up front because those are the guys who protect him. So you got Ben coming back next year. You know the continuity that those guys want up front. You know Pouncey and Ramon's relationship. They're very close. So all of those factors play into do you just cut Ramon or do you first come to him with the conversation about potentially restructuring? potentially taking less, that's an option. Sure. And initially, I know Ramon, because he said it in, in, in some of his interviews, that he's not open to some of that right now. And, of course, I mean, when you're first talking about it, it you, you of course you feel disrespected or taken aback because you're like, hey, I earned this money. I should get this money. And to be fair, he passed up that opportunity yes, with his last contract. In, and he could have definitely he got He could have made money. a little bit more yeah. elsewhere. So yeah. all that plays in. And of course, if Ramon wanted to, if Ramon got released, he still is a he still can get signed somewhere else. Sure. That's another thing that plays into this thing. But I think for Ramon, this could be one of the situations where he says, "You know what? I could go somewhere else. I could make more money right now, but I know we have my best chance of winning a championship here. Ben coming back, that gives me my best opportunity. This is where I started my career. I would love to end my career here. How yeah. rare is it to say that you played in one team?" For 10-plus years. It does not happen. That's extremely rare. Particularly for guys who play in the trenches. No question. That's extremely rare, man. For quarterbacks, it's a little bit more rare. For maybe some skill position guys. But pass rushers maybe. But not for offensive linemen. That is rare. And and for me, from our personal conversations that we had when he went through the the re-signing the first time, because it was the same time I was going through my contract negotiations. And some of the conversations that we had were, hey, Moan, if you – because I told him why I took less money to stay. And I asked him the same. I said, so what made you stay for less? And he said, man, you have to remember, like, for me, I'm a little, I'm getting older. I've dealt with some injuries. But here I know they're going to take care of me. I don't have to come out here and prove anything during OTA. Sure. I don't have to go out and train in camp and kill myself every day. They're going to take care of me. I'm going to get my veteran days. When the season comes, I know I got this day off. I know this is set up for me in that regard. And the coaching staff, uh, they know what I'm capable of. So I don't have to come out here and try to prove it every day and ultimately overexert myself in these practice settings. There's that continuity right. already. Right. Whereas if I go somewhere else, now I got to go out here and show that I can still play. Now I got to show that I'm worth the money that they're paying me. Now I have to show to the new D lineman that I'm going against every day that I'm not no chump. You can't you get just, comfortable with right. my new position coach. Absolutely. And the verbiage over there, the coach. plays, the expectations. Yeah. So for him, he said that was his driving force. So – when you're talking about a guy at this stage of his career now, that could still be just as important, if not more important, because when you get to this stage, you like the familiarity. It's it's different when you're going somewhere and you know what to expect versus when you're going to a new organization and now, all right, I got to learn a new thing. All right, I got to get used to this. Okay, well, we used to practice in the mornings. Now we're practicing at night over here. Oh, we used to only have one pattern practice a week. Now we're in four pattern practices a week. Oh, we used to do that. Now we got to do this. So I think. Oh, I used to get that great cooking from the Steelers yeah. chefs every day. But so, now hey, these new chefs are a bunch of jabronis. Hey, hey, I will tell you firsthand, it was a lot of hungry nights in Arizona. It was a lot. It was a lot of nights I ordered out. Oh yeah, I was gonna say stop say. it. I know with all those in yeah. and outs and water burgers and everything yeah. around, there weren't many hungry nights for Arthur. Yeah. All, all I'm saying is, 
it's a difference when I can leave a facility and I'm feeling I'm, I'm at a five star. Yeah. Versus I got to go out here and, and outsource my food. <laughs> got to get on the Uber Eats. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, major Uber Eats, man. <laughs> The cap casualties, some tough decisions that no doubt right now, uh, Mr. Rudy, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, the entire coaching staff, front office scouts, they're having these conversations, these same conversations that we are right now, uh, what to do with unrestricted free agents, what to do with free agents, and what to do with some of these guys who are coming towards the end of their contracts who could save the Steelers a little bit of money if they were to restructure or to cut ties. It's the business of football. That is uh, so often at the forefront this time of year. That is the topic that we're starting the show with today. You want to chime in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. A couple more names to discuss when we return inside the Electric Factory. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Decision-making time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for Kevin Colbert, for Mike Tomlin, for Mr. Rooney and company. When the season ends, the decisions really begin, Arthur Motes, particularly a lot of times the tough decisions should they stay or should they go? Mm-mm-mm. Those are a lot of the conversations being had uh, around the south side at Steelers HQ. Um, certain last week, this week, and going forward here over the coming weeks as we uh, head towards the end of the 2019 NFL calendar and get ready to flip over to the new season here in the next few weeks. Of course, after the Super Bowl, we'll talk a little NFL playoff divisional round here in the second hour of the show as well, but wanted to continue the conversation that we started with Arthur Motes. I got another tough name for you here. Here we go. Let's do it. Should he stay or should he go tight should end? Should I go? Tight end Vance McDonald, two years, $7.1 million left on his cap hit. Uh, the Steelers would save $5.6 million if they were to uh, cut ties with him before June 1st. They would save $6.4 million post June 1st. Arthur Motes is the Vanimal in the black and gold in 2020. Yeah, now this is this is the one that I think ends up having to go. And the this is why. When you talk about the the cap number and we already talked about how you're going to have to associate a lot of money to Bud. His productivity throughout his time here hasn't matched the money that he's receiving. I think that's the biggest part of it right now. Now, I also think it depends more so on how Kevin Colbert and the coaching staff views this tight end class that'll be coming out. Sure. Because it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, yeah, man. That's too much money. Get rid of him is too much money. But if you don't have an adequate replacement for him. Right, right. In the past, it was Jesse James. It was Xavier Grimble. You had multiple guys on the roster. You could kind of get away with. Yeah, Nick Vanette is, is a right. free agent. Yeah, absolutely. That's what people forget. Like, right. oh, we traded for Nick Vanette. Yeah, well, he was on a one-year deal. He was on so a one-year deal. <laughs> unless you're going to get him re-signed, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Zach Gentry hasn't shown that he can be the guy right now. And he was a fifth-round pick. He, exactly. It's not like he was a, a, a first-rounder or, or even, a even, a, even a top 50, yeah. 60, 70 guy. So, in that regard... <laughs> I think that you won't see that move made unless they feel comfortable that 
the free agency market has mm-hmm. some talented guys that they can get for They've a got cheaper their price, B. right? Yeah. Or throughout the draft, they think that it's a draft class that's filled with a good amount of tight ends. If you want a tight end, just go to Iowa. They, right, they, they're just growing just, trees out there. <laughs> just draft whatever Iowa you know, tight end is whatever available. Whatever Iowa guys out there, I don't care what's his name. Just draft him. <laughs> even he'll if, be fine. Even if he only had like ten receptions this season, yeah. just take him. Just take him. It'll work. <laughs> yeah, Kittle was what a fifth round pick. Dude, we we saw Scott Chandler off of a practice squad for the Cowboys when I was in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We was trying to get the other tight end, and the bill. I mean, the the Cowboys like, yo, we're gonna pick the other tight end, put him on our, our active roster. So you got to get him from Iowa. I'm like, who is this guy? He just comes out and balls out for us, mm-hmm. catch touchdowns all the time. So, yeah, man, any tight end from Iowa, just draft him. That's, that's I'm cool with my that. little gym right Philosophy, there. Philosophy, write it down. Yeah, it's Chisel crazy. it in stone. Just take the Iowa tight It's like it's like 10, 15 years ago we'd always talk. You know, just take the Wisconsin guard. Yeah, that's you know, it. <laughs> just if you're from the, Wisconsin, just take him. Just take the interior oh, lineman oh, you, from you Wisconsin. Want, you want an inside linebacker? Anybody from the Big Ten. Yeah, all right? right. Any Big Ten interior linebacker you'll be fine with, okay? <laughs> Looking for a running back? Go down to the SEC. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just you, nab you, one. Yeah, whichever one you want to get. Oh, you said Arkansas, they got three of them. <laughs> Who is this Felix Jones? Who is this Peyton Hillis? Who is this Darren McFadden? McFadden? <laughs> oh, don't worry. I just take them all. Yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. All right. <laughs> But what you said is the only thing that gives me pause, right, is that they don't have much of an option in that position with the right. current roster makeup. Uh, Grimble was hurt all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gentry well, is a fifth-round pick. Grimble was hurt, and then they released him. Right. So Is he completely – So now he's able to come I back. I didn't know if they still had his rights. No, or, no, no. So, so the way it works is this. Once they put him on IR, because this is the similar situation I had in AZ. Okay. You get put on IR, and you and the team can negotiate whether you want to stay on IR for the whole season – or if you want to do what they call an injury settlement, where you negotiate how much money you feel like you're worth, you'll get your release. So then that way you're free to go and sign wherever you want after that. So that's essentially what Xavier Grimble did. Now, I don't know how how healthy he was throughout the rest of the season. Sure. But you have to be under the assumption that he's fully healthy now. But now for him, he can go wherever he wants to go. The Steelers don't have his rights in that regard. So even one less guy who's kind of right. in the stable of tight ends there. Mm-hmm. But you do have the familiarity and the continuity with Xavier if sure. you wanted to go sure. back to that. The, you know, the But cr- even with X, though, we talked about him. He's not a uh, number one right now. No. And, I mean, at this stage in his career, you have to ask yourself, can he develop into that? Or have we seen what Xavier Grimble is now? Sure. Yeah, it's man, the tight end position is really interesting to me because, like you said, you have to take into consideration what you have there now, which mm-hmm. isn't a ton. You got to look at the market, which I'm sure the Steelers are already in the process have already done. You got to obviously look at the draft and see if you think there's anybody in your picking range there. And particularly too, there might be a second round tight end, a third round tight end that the Steelers have a grade on that they think will be available that they really like. And that doesn't even necessarily mean that they think that guy's going to be able to come in right away and contribute in 2020. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, it's not easy to come in and contribute right away. No, even look at Hawkinson and Noah Fant, the two yeah. first-round picks from this past year. They had their moments. Yes, very true. But we, we, we'll take it a step further. How many times have we seen in the past just here in Pittsburgh, you draft a guy first round, second round. How, t- how many times have we talked about it takes them – some time to develop. Mm-hmm. It takes them time to become consistent. It takes them some time to be reliable. Like, the NFL is a different animal, and it's not as simple as just plug and play. That's not how it works at this level. You look at Nikhil Harry with the Patriots, second-round pick, highly touted out of uh, Arizona State. Or was mm-hmm. he a first-round? No, he was the first-round because Chase— I was going to uh, say, I think Yeah, he, he was the first-round because Chase Winovich uh, was the second-round. Yes. And you just look at how he struggled this year, coming back from injuries, whatever, but he still was struggling because it's not an easy adjustment. No. That's why when you see young guys coming in produce right away, 
is special. T.J. White is special. Nick Bosa is special mm-hmm. because like what you we don't, saw Saquon Barkley do last year. Right, right. You don't just do that. Yeah, that's no, not normal. That's <laughs> not normal. Yeah. So it's man. There's so many moving parts of that tight end position for them to consider. Um, Vance McDonald never had more than 40 yards receiving in a game this year. They need more from a guy that they're paying that much. You're absolutely correct. But what does the rest of the market look like? I wonder too. You know what I was thinking about that? when I was, uh, you know, this morning when I was kind of putting together this outline for the show and thinking about this tight end position. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Detroit is considering cutting bait with Jesse James, and if there could be a potential reunion on the cards there somewhere. Oh, See, I thought that, but this is my thing. Talking with Jesse, he didn't leave because he said, "Oh." Well, I know I could just get the most money I can get by going to Detroit. He didn't just say, show me the money? Right, he didn't. He said the biggest thing for him was he was tired of all the drama that was associated with the team. And that was the biggest reason why he left. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Even when there's no drama, it was still drama. So that's my only concern with that. Would he be interested in coming back? Right. Because he knows what it's like here. He understands when you play here – everything associated with it, and the potential of it. Oh, you might be on hard knocks as well. So let's just continue to add to that. You know what? Now that you said that, see, you got, it's one of these moments where you got my wheels spinning. Uh-oh. And, you know, Uh-oh. I can chugga, 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 Didn't Jesse James actually say some not-so-nice things about the Steelers organization this last offseason? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just remembered that when you were talking there, so never mind. Forget everything that I just said. That's why for me, I'm like, I don't see that happening at all, personally. I forgot about that this morning when I was putting the – Yeah, didn't he say the Steelers were like the Kardashians? of the NFL yes. or something? Yes, because of the drama. And he was like, that was the biggest yeah, reason right. why he went to leave. You know what? You know what? Yeah. Forget everything that I just said. Jesse James, he can kick rocks with sandals oh, on. Oh, man. How Come about on, that? Man. That's, that? He can Jesse's kick rocks with sandals on. Je- Jesse's my guy. Okay. All right? Okay. Jesse's my guy. Okay. Well, maybe and, and, just and, kick rocks. And that's his personality. He, he doesn't like all the attention. He doesn't like all the noise. Some people can maneuver through it. Others just don't Some people like love it. it. Right. Some, Some people, people do love it. Some people Yes, very true. Others, it gives them a bad taste. And for him, you have to think he was young while he was here, mm-hmm. growing, developing, dealing with all that stuff. It's a difference. So that's why I, I, I think it would be more likely to see an Xavier Grimble reunion before I see a Jesse James reunion personally. But I will say this. We're talking in the mind or in the frame that we're going to just cut Vince and it's a one-for-one, just sign one guy to do his job. No, I look at it like – Great point as well. If you don't find the one guy, they could take that money and find two guys. Instead of finding one great guy, you find two really good guys that complement each other. Mm -hmm. Have we not seen that in the past? Mm -hmm. Have we not seen that even when it was Jesse and X and uh, David Johnson, how they would use those trio of guys to get what they needed to get done? So I could also see it going down that way as well. I'm sure there's a lot of Steeler Nation right now listening to us or just in general, right, over the season, over the next couple months that are telling themselves, telling their friends, whatever, tweeting, Facebook posting that the Steelers got to get another Heath type, right? Like they need that tight end. (laughs) And believe me, in theory, I completely agree with you. But I don't think what a lot of times people realize is that, one, how rare those guys are, Mm -hmm. two – that it also took Heath a little bit. Like, Heath didn't just come onto the scene in 2004, right. 2004, 2005, or 5-6. Uh, I think, yeah, 2005, yeah. And I, actually, because it, it was the Super Bowl year. It was the Super Bowl in Detroit. Yes. It was his rookie year. Yeah, because I actually, you know, we've talked about that rookie wall thing. I remember him talking about that Heath Miller, like how, man, we got to the playoffs and I was just gassed. Like, I had nothing left in the tank and we had to play four more playoff games and win the Super Bowl. 
But Heath Miller wasn't Heath when he first came to Pittsburgh. He wasn't that just then. Right. Even if the Steelers were to go out, right, Motsi, in the second round and nab the next franchise-type tight end, right, a guy who's going to be here for a decade and make Pro Bowls and produce and be – it's going to take that guy two or three years to become that guy. Absolutely. I mean, I even think back to – when Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez first came in, yes, the league. Gronk is a great example. It still took them time to develop. They didn't just come in and be... Gronk was such a weird right. He his freshman year at Arizona barely played, mm-hmm. like most freshmen in college football. His sophomore yeah. year at Arizona, I think he had like a couple dozen catches, mm-hmm. less than thirty catches, and then his then he junior, had the back injury. Junior year broke his back and mm-hmm. didn't play and came into the NFL draft. So he was like crazily hyped, yeah. but had a. A so-so production year his sophomore year. Didn't play at all his junior year. And the Patriots still went up to get him in the second round because they believed in what he could yeah. be. But, yeah, it took him two, three, four years before he was Gronk. Yeah. Well, because think about it. It was still times where people were saying that they liked Hernandez more than they liked Gronk right. in terms of playmaking ability, in terms of the guy that you want with the ball. Tight ends, a, it's a tricky position, wow, man. man. It's tough to evaluate. A- another thing, last one here for you, Motsi, that they're going to have to evaluate is the outside linebacker room, Uh-oh. right, and the status of Anthony Ciccolo. And I think this is the same conversation as Vance. Uh, right now, I look at Chick and, you know. Hey, hey, hey Trey, lately, I'm still biased. I know. This is, I know. you got to listen. you got a lot of you got a lot of boys. I'm you got still a lot biased. Of, you, got ears, you, got, you got ears everywhere, you know. <laughs> you got mountain ears here with the, oh, you see what I'm talking about? Uh, Anthony Ciccolo, a kind of a similar conversation in regards of, Hey, if you just look at it from a cap standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. The savings looks nice. But if you are to part ways with Chick, you got faith in Ola and Tuzar that, that, that they can be that guy. Is is that worth – you have to balance that, right, against the $5 million of savings mm-hmm. versus the unknown of, of Ola and Tuzar. And we already said not only do you have faith in Ola and Tuzar from a defensive standpoint, do you have faith in them from a special team standpoint because Chick isn't just a, uh, a defensive rotational guy. He's a starter on the big four units on special teams. And I always laugh how people will – will downplay the importance of special teams until you see something bad happen. Then you're like, oh, man, you got to get Danny Smith. What's going on here? It's like, no, you, you might want to put more uh, in, uh, more emphasis on the personnel. You see other teams that put the emphasis up there, you see the success they have. So it's a reason why you need to have those type of players. And you don't just plug and chug those guys either because the teams that do are the teams that are historically bad in all three phases. But with that being the case, man, it's man, it's a lot. It's to, it's tough, but it's a lot to ponder. The same way we talked about Vance and how I don't think it would just be a one guy replacing. Right. I think the same with Chickalo. I think that you take the money that he's supposed to make and the cap hit that he would have, and you split that up between two guys similar to the deal that you saw Tyson Alualu take mm. when he first came here, or similar to the deal that I took when I first came here. Guys who were on the fringe trying to play for that next big contract, but they need to have that one good year. So you get them on a, a very prorated or discounted rate. Sure, they come in because they want to prove it. You heard the term "one year prove, prove it deals. deal." Yeah, right. We you, talked about that with Artie Burns yeah. earlier. So in the week. same concept which you do for these pastures because you know how many guys in terms of pastures in terms of guys who are trying to show they can do it on a full time basis. Yeah. They come in on that type of deal, that type of situation. They're hungry. It doesn't cost you a lot. And it plays out smooth in that regard. I think that's the approach you take in that versus just cut ties with Chick and then try to just bring in one guy to replace Chick. All right, so what do you say, Megawatts? What do you say, Power Grid? I know you're out there listening. I know you got takes. All you got to do is make a mistake, though. Shout out.
<laughs> on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. When we come back here, uh, one or two more names that I want to get Arthur Motes' opinion on: if should they stay or should they go? And also, we've got a little bit of an anniversary to celebrate. Hey, I love anniversaries. And it's a uh, it's an exciting anniversary. Is it it's my a, birthday? It's a good anniversary. It's not your birthday. It's my wife's birthday today. Hey, happy birthday, Morgan. Happy birthday to Morgan. I don't know if she's listening. She's always listening. It's Morgan. She is sometimes, but she also, she's funny. She says uh, that, like, listening to, uh, it makes her nervous when she listens to me on radio. Like, she gets too afraid that, like, I'm going to mess up or I'm going to say something. You know Aww, what I mean? Like, she gets, like, cute. she gets anxious right, for right. me. So, I like that. so she listens uh, sometimes, but not religiously because she's like, oh, sometimes it's just too much. It's anxiety. It's because she cares. It is because she cares. I feel and like she used to work, you know, she worked in radio for five, six years before we moved yes, out here to Pittsburgh. You did say that. She was a promotions for, for me, director in, it's in funny Philadelphia. You say that about her getting nervous listening to you on radio. That's how my wife would be when I was playing football. Oh, I'm sure. Now for radio, she's always like, oh, yeah, I could just enjoy this. This is easy. Right. <laughs> no one's trying to take yes. your head off. <laughs> I don't have to worry about if you're going to die out here. We're pretty good. <laughs> I don't have to worry about, like, if, you know, if you're not going to be able to carry anything right. for the next year, if you're going to be in a cast or a wheelchair or something. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Don't worry, babe. No one's trying to take my head off here right. inside the studio. Although, you know, sometimes well, I, I, get, say, I hey, get hey, boats hey, going hey, sometimes. I'm going to say, with some of your, some of your takes... Some of these takes. <laughs> Give us your takes on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. The conversation continues when we return inside the Electric Factory. It's Euler Remotes. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24/7 home of the Black and Gold SNR. Decisions, decisions. It's that time of year for the Pittsburgh Stillers. Who stays? Who goes? That's the Ramones, right? I always get the... No, not this song. The should I stay or should I go? <laughs> it's not the Rolling Stones. It's either the Ramones or it's the Clarks. I think it's the Ramones. Should I stay or should I go? Now I gotta look this up. Here should I stay or should I go? It's the Clash. Okay, so I was I was wrong. It's not the Ramones. It's the Clash. It happens a lot for you. Let's go there. Would you take it easy? <laughs> all right. Would you take I'm just it? Saying, man, you, would you take it easy? All that betting and, and, and picking you do for West Virginia football, you can never get it right. I do not bet or pick on West Virginia football. Smart man. Because I don't like to bite the hand that feeds. Mm. Does it really? Even feed though you? you know what. Uh, Neil Brown was really good against the spread this year. The Mountaineers were, oh, yeah? and I think like eight and four, nine and three against nice. the spread, and they were pretty big dogs in a lot of those games. That's probably why. <laughs> That's probably. Hey, Simpson lose by forty. Hey, it was only thirty-five, baby. Hold we on, win. hold Let's on go. now, hold on. <laughs> Other than Oklahoma, I'm trying to think. Actually, other than the Sooners, I don't think we lost a uh, more than a possession game all year. Congratulations! Now that, you, now that you got me thinking. Congratulations! I know, right? If only there was Did beat those JMU Dukes week if one. If only it was horseshoes and hand grenades, Did baby. beat those be JMU Dukes week one, though. Well, we got one playing for a national championship and one talking about basketball. That's right. It's all good. That's right. So <laughs> I, I, you need to win tomorrow so that I can come in here on Monday and proclaim that WVU is champions of the FCS. Hey, man. Anytime I want to run it back, you let us know. <laughs> you want to play some hoops this weekend? We're football team. Yeah, you're right. We got the defending uh, we're, we're, we're trying to add national runner-up tomorrow, Texas we're, we're, Tech. We're trying to add to our hardware. Yeah, in one sport. I know. 
I get it. I mean, I'm saying, I know, you know, you can't comprehend this. It can Jeez. be more than one season at, at once. Well, all, all I'm saying is our women's lacrosse team won the national <laughs> championship two years ago. If we, if we were oh, say wait, hold on now. You're trying to talk about lacrosse season? It's still saying. football season. Hey, hey, hey you, you said it could be more than one. So all this other stuff, all I'm simply saying is we got national champions well, in multiple sports. That's all I'm saying. It's always rifle season in, in Morgan. Rifle season. <laughs> I mean, you think I'm joking? Like 22-time rifle national champions, we beat up on yeah. Army and Navy and Air Force. I, if it makes I can you see that. If it because, makes you feel good, WVU beats. I'm not yeah. lying here. I'm being serious. Well, they beat they, up on Army and Navy because, and Air Force and rifle every single year. You know why? Army and Navy, they get imports. People they come from all over the no, country. No, it's the other way around. No, no, no. Think about this for Army and Navy. But the universities. But that's what I'm saying for the universities. Yeah, our best shooter right now is Italian. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Your West Virginia people, y'all grow up all the time shooting guns. But that's what I'm that's telling what you. What y'all do, man? Our best shooters no. are from outside of the United States. I don't want to hit. I don't want to hit. We got but gold medal. How many gold medalists you got at JMU? Gold medalists? We uh, had we had two gold medalists on our rifle think? team. I'd have to, I'd have to do that? research on it. How about that? How many Hall of Famers? We got Hall of Famers. Most super. Wait, well, now, well, actually, now, actually, what actually, now what sport? Now what sport are we talking? And, and now and now let's see. If we really want to go down this, I got the trump card that you don't have because outside of Tom Brady, the guy with the most Super Bowl rings outside of Tom Brady. Is a JMU guy, not a West Virginia guy. Really? Charles Haley, he got five of them. So if you want to go down that road, you Ooh. name your guy with five, and if you don't have them, I don't want to hear it. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I've already done the research. I've got the notes because it's always my argument with any of my NFL teammates. When they, they went to Miami and Florida State, all these Hall of Fame. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Did any of them get, you get what five we got? rings? Yeah. <laughs> outside of Tom Brady, and Tom Brady just got to the sixth one. So outside of him, what was his name? What's his name again? Charles Haley. Charles. He's like the. Uh, and he was a beast. He wasn't just out there. No, he's he, like he, he's like Robert Ory, right? Is that fair? <sighs> like he was really good. No, no, no. Yeah, I got what you're saying. Like, yeah, I guess you could put. Because what, Robert Ory has what, like seven rings? Seven, yeah. That's crazy. And you got to think, Robert was always a key contributor he on was. all those teams. Like he, he wasn't yeah. Jordan, he wasn't right, Kobe, right, right. but yeah. he was good. Right, because it's like he won with, with 49ers. He was in Montana. He wasn't young, but right. he was balling. Right, yeah. yeah. And then he went to the Cowboys, did it again. Yeah. Oh, man. I, oh, like, man. I didn't know that he was a JMU guy. Absolutely. I had heard that name Go before. Dukes. Because I remember last year, right, of course, whenever mm. – um, Whenever Brady got that sixth ring, yeah, they that said was the big uh, he's, part, yeah. he's for the, now the only guy with six. Yeah. So I do remember that. I did not know that he was Duke. Yeah, man, go Dukes. You learn something new every day. Hey, man. I'll give you that one. I just keep that in my pocket all the time. Give you, you know what? That's like you know what I keep in my back pocket and pull out sometimes is the whole Jerry West, the logo of the NBA. Ooh, that's okay, like the okay. same way. All right. When someone's like, oh yeah, well, what? Well, WVU does actually. We got two guys in the NBA right now, but at like up until like three years ago, we didn't yeah. have any alumni in the NBA there for like a seven or eight year stretch. Uh-huh. And I always be like, yeah, just the, we. Got the logo. We got the logo. We got the logo. We got the logo. Where's your? It's cool. <laughs> None of your guys are the logo. <laughs> None of your guys are the logo. <laughs> Our guys the logo. From Cabin Creek, West Virginia, Jerry like it, West, baby. baby. I like uh, it. Jason tweets in here. Speaking of special teams play, is mm-hmm. Jordan Barry going to be a cap casualty? And it's funny because that was the next name that I had on the list to get to here. Wow. Jordan Barry, the punter. One year, two point two million dollar cap. The Steelers would save one point eight million dollars by cutting ties with him. Motsi, Jordan Barry just was it was hard to evaluate this year. A lot of really good, some at the end of the season, particularly not so good. I A ton do, of volume. <laughs> I, I do have to think, though, and I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like I'm, you know, the expert on the punter and special teams market and free agency in the National Football League. But for a $2.2 million cap hit, I got to think you can find somebody – a, a decent amount cheaper than that if that is a route that the Steelers want to go. I'm not sure. Well, this is my thing. 
it depends on what time frame we're talking about. If we're saying, do you think he's going to be on the roster come next season? I think that's up for debate. When I think of cap casualty, though, I'm thinking hmm. of a guy that's going to be cut before free agency. Not even going to make it to OTAs right. and mini camp. I training don't camp. think that's the case for Jordan. Okay. And here's why. You bring in competition for guys like him the same way every year they're bringing a kicker for competition with Boz. Sure. Any player that's played the NFL knows that the specialist, the long snapper, the kicker, and the punter, they always have one-on-one direct competition every year. At yes. least the rest of us, we're like, man, it's a group of us. It's not, oh, I got to beat you out every day for me to have my job. Like, I got some bad days because it's, hey, it's, they're going to keep five or six up. We good. That position, they have direct competition every day from OTAs all the way up until the final cuts. And a lot of times, it's they don't know it's coming. No, no, uh, not at all. It's it's one of the f- most fun parts about training yeah. camp, honestly. Mike Tomlin will stop practice yes, in between and, and, just start kicking. and just start kicking. Yes. With all the fans there and all the mm-hmm. players there and just start kicking in front of everybody. Absolutely. With so, everyone sitting there watching you. So for me, I look at it like I don't, I don't think it's 100% that Jordan will be on the roster come next season. But I do think he'll be on the roster come training camp. I do think he's yeah. going to be allowed at that competition. Similar to what we saw from uh, from Chris Boswell last year where he had the rough season and he had a roster bonus coming up. And they told him, we, we can either defer your bonus or we'll release you now. I think it'll be a similar conversation. with. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at Barry's contract to see if it, the guarantees associated with it. But barring any guarantees in there or anything like that, I do think that he'll be allotted the opportunity to have a kicking competition because of the familiarity, because yeah. of the consistency that we've seen at times. Even when we talk about how bad of a punting year or how inconsistent it was, he still had 40-plus in terms of net punting yards. That is that's, that's varsity. That's varsity. At this level, that is varsity. So those are the things that I think of when I think of Jordan Berry. Now, like I said, if they can find a guy who can be comparable or, or just in the same realm, and he's a lot cheaper. Yeah, we know how that story goes. We sure do. Now I like that. That's a good call by you that he could be, but we're gonna have to wait and see. He won't yeah, be. Uh, it won't be right now. Like some of the guys we've named earlier, we talked about Chickalo, we talked about Hargrave. These they guys, gotta make decisions on those guys in the next like, month or two. Absolutely. Like by March, you're gonna yes, know. Yes. And that's kind of the difference in the realm. Whereas, like I said, with Barry, he's gonna be a lot of that training camp time. Another guy who I guess this is kind of a different cloth, right? He's a restricted free agent guy, but a guy who I we got to talk about, Mike Hilton, all right? Money Mike Hilton. Now, here's kind of the situation for him, right? Uh, he is a restricted free agent. The Steelers would have to, you think, put a second-round tender on him to keep him, right? Because if they didn't, then someone could come and sign him with no compensation. Mm-hmm. So you got to think it's, it's probably a second-round tender on Mike Hilton, and in that case, if no one, if someone does want him badly enough, the Steelers would get a second-round pick out of it. Okay, fair. Uh, if not, you get him for one year, $3.3 million hit, which I think is, is about fair. Is that the most likely course of action uh, in your mind with Mike Hilton, or is there contract potential, or do you think there's a good chance that he could not be a Steeler next year? I think it's contract potential just because – this was something that they were trying to get done last year. Hmm. You remember Mike started to hold out. He talked about the, the potential of not showing up because he wanted to get a new deal, but then he went about it the way he went about it in terms of saying, you know, I'm just going to be here working and grinding and get the deal done that way. It didn't happen. But the thing that's unique with Mike and the thing that kind of hurts him in this situation is this. We know that he's an elite blitzer, but from a coverage standpoint, you don't put him in the elite nickel coverage corner standpoint but the flip side is this cam sutton and his emergence 
Now it makes it where you have another option. And that's the part that hurts Mike in terms of yep. his leverage. It hurts him in terms of the team feeling like they have to put that second-round grade on him because they know they have somebody that's waiting in the wings. And with Cam Sutton, he still has, what, two years? Correct. Two years left on his so. deal, I yes. believe it is. Or, no, it might be one. Or one, because one this year, will yes. be his this is, this is fourth, fourth year coming year. up. Yep. So depending on which one of them they like more or who they feel more comfortable with, that can dictate a lot in terms of do, in terms of if Mike gets that extension. If they feel a lot more comfortable with Cam, Cam is the cheaper option because you don't have to tender Cam. Mm-hmm. So you would ride with Cam. You understand your pass rush stood up in a big way. They did a lot less blitzing and more so just letting their front four get after it. Less blitzing means what? Mike Kilton. We're taking away the specialty, the thing that you thrive in. Mm-hmm. It's true. Those are some of the things that I'm thinking along the lines of. So. Man, I know I started off by saying I think they would give him an extension. But the more I talk about it, the more I feel like it's not likely. <laughs> yeah. And, too, you know, the other wild card that plays into this is Justin Lane. How they yes, feel about and, him and, and what they've the seen thing. from him the past year. And I think that's the biggest reason why I – man. Second-round tender? See, I don't know if they're tendering him, though. Just because that ticket price is going to be a 3. lot 3. higher. 3.3 is a that's decent, a, that's a a decent price. Right. You got to think 3.3 and Cam Sutton is either splitting or probably have more reps than him, and then you're going to factor in the potential emergence of Justin Lane, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're paying 3.3. Bud's do a raise. Right. That's, Joe Hayden's that's, that's new contract that, kicks in. I don't, I don't see them paying him that. Yeah, it's, man, a lot of whew, yeah. a lot of decisions, decisions. I think, I think it's either they get a deal done with him that's a very team-friendly deal. Think how Rosie Nick's deal was after <laughs> he made the Pro Bowl. It wasn't gaudy. For him, he enjoyed it, but it was very team-friendly. I think you either see that with Mike or they potentially let Mike walk because you know you have Cam Sutton and Justin Lane. And regardless of Justin Lane's development, you are extremely comfortable with Cam Sutton and the way that he's played. Only time will tell, Motsi. Yeah, man. But what say you on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two? The Body. One hour in the books, another hour to go. When we come back, and we're going to spend some time in the second hour looking ahead to these playoff games, playoffs, 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 playoffs around the National Football League division round. And I'm excited. I mean, a lot of new. Only one team that's still playing football now in the National Football League was still playing football this time last year. Are you talking about the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs, that's it. The other seven of the eight teams in the divisional round did not make it this far. We got some fresh blood to talk about, Motsi. I like it. We'll get into all of that in the second hour, as well as an exciting anniversary that Arthur Motes was part of. anniversary. That I want to get his opinion on. anniversary. All that and more in the second hour of the show. <laughs> Inside the Electric Factory, it's Euler and Motes. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24 7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. <laughs> Euler Motes with you here. Hour number two inside the electric factory on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. We got Jacob producing on the ones and twos for us. We got you on the Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. That is how you get in on the conversation. Arthur Motes, we're into our uh, our post-Steelers season 
radio schedule here, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, noon to 2. That's when we'll be doing our shows now here for the next, oh, what, four, five, six weeks, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Through the Super Bowl, then we'll take a little break, then we'll be back, then we'll take a little break, then we'll be back, and then the next thing before you know it, it'll be football season all over again. Wow, it happens fast. So we were not on air yesterday, but yesterday was an anniversary, uh -oh. all right? We do this a lot. What, have anniversaries? Anniversaries can be good or bad, oh. right? Uh, a few weeks ago, played that. Demarius Thomas, Tim Tebow highlight, right? That was a bad anniversary. This is true. But yesterday was the four-year mark of a good anniversary. Ooh. One that I'm sure you've got some great stories about. Mm, okay. One that I have a great story about. Okay. And one that just Steelers fans will always remember. Mm. Yesterday, it was four years to the day since the Steelers went to Cincinnati Ooh. for a wild-card playoff round. Roethlisberger from the pocket, middle of the field, incomplete. Push with, oh, a flag does come in. Went to the head. Lewis Harris is going to be flagged for this on the hit on Antonio Brown, and it's going to put the Steelers in field goal range. Perfect was in there, too. Perfect. It's coming across the field. I saw it. I thought it was him. Yeah, and that I know that they both were in on the coverages at 55 or 37. Personal foul, defense number 55. 15-yard penalty. Automatic first down. Perfect in the end. Definitely took the shot to the head. You could see it live. Marvin Lewis, before this drive started, was talking on the sideline the whole time, it seemed like, to Vontez Whoa. Perfect, and yes. Oh, my goodness. Before this drive started, Marvin Lewis was on the sideline with him talking to him the whole time to make sure that he controlled his emotions when he went back out on the field. You know, I don't think that's that message resonated as much as Marvin tried. Brown is on his feet, and now there's a little flare-up again. An official just got pushed. And now that if this is just a penalty against Cincinnati, they're just going to make this a chip shot field goal and lose their season over it. Perfect thinks it might be against Pittsburgh. I mean, we knew coming into the game that anything you did was going to be watched closely. And the officials, John Perry, they've tried to keep control of this game. Personal foul, defense number 24, 15-yard penalty. First down. Adam Jones. Well. There's Joey Porter, one of the assistants. He's had, uh, of course, back in his playing days, scrapes. Then he got bumped. Go for the kick, then in all likelihood would win it if he makes it. And the kick is drilled, and the Steelers are back ahead at 18-16. I, for one, cannot believe. Ah, yeah. I cannot believe, Arthur Motes, that Marvin Lewis spent a bunch of time telling Vontez Perfect to keep his cool, and Vontez Perfect didn't listen. I, for <laughs> one, can't believe it. Arthur Motes, what do you remember about that day in 2016 in Cincinnati, other than getting beers thrown at you? Well, yeah, outside of that and the popcorn thrown at me, it was a glorious day. It was a day that started out kind of fun. Then it got kind of not fun. <laughs> then it got kind of really not fun. Then it was like, oh, snap. And then it was like, oh, oh, is he dead? No, he's alive. Okay, cool. Oh, oh, what? We got ball. He comes out the tunnel. Oh, this happens. That happens. Game over.
Fumble? Jeez. Personal foul? Personal foul? It was a beautiful day, man. From the emotions, just thinking about that game, for me, it was big because that was my first real playoff action. Hmm. So the year before we made it to the playoffs, we played the Ravens in that first round, lost them in the wild card. But the difference was for me, that's when we had stopped rotating and we went strictly with uh, Jason Worlds and James Harrison as the two main edge rushers. So I probably only played – I mean, I played special teams a lot in that game, but sure. I only played probably five, six defensive snaps, sure. like meaningful defensive snaps. This game right here, I was, like, out there. Mm-hmm. That was, like, kind of like my first legit playoff game. So, yeah, it was a whole other, like, mentality. <laughs> like, when I think of, like, oh, I really was in this battle, I can really relate to the things that transpired in this yeah. game, the ebb and flow the the thought process of seeing Ben go to the tunnel like oh it's over the thought process of oh they had the the, the pick guy runs into the end, uh, into the tunnel for them perfect right perfect yeah and we're looking like man this is crazy then we have the mentality we're gonna get a turnover somehow some way seeing Ryan yank the ball we get the <laughs> ball back I'm like yo this is in the nuts. red zone in the red zone right in yeah. the red zone where any more points there by the Bengals and I mean that would have about sealed it yeah. And you got to think, this is during the heat of the, the, heat oh, of the rivalry, this was too. The peak, I'm talking the peak like, moment. Yeah. Perfect. I'm talking the uh, – um, uh, was it Jeremy Hill? Yep. I mean, we couldn't stand him. Pac-Man. Could, could, like, for us, like, those guys, Pac-Man, Perfect, the offensive players, they, that's how they've – Well, like, sure, because you're not out issues. there on the field but against Perfect and, and Pac-Man. We, we would always just talk about how we just couldn't stand Jeremy Hill because he talks so much trash. He was the one who tried to rip the terrible towel, couldn't rip yes. it, so we're clowning him. Yes. Yeah, he was one of those guys. So for us, the fact that he was the one that fumbled and made it that much better. I'm sure. The fact that 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 when when Ryan hit, remember that was the same game. Ryan hits Giovanni Bernard. Right. And, and yeah, he went. Put he, the hurt he, on he him. Took a little nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was one of those games. Like, mm-hmm. so when you think about all this that was transpiring, then to see Ben come back out that time, right. and just the emotions that came from that. All the craziness at the end of the game And there. then obviously the end of the game situation was absolutely nuts. And when people, like, we always laugh because everybody was caught up on that side of the field where you have Peasy, Pac-Man, Burfick, and all those guys. But then we're laughing because as that whole thing is transpiring, it, it like, when you watch the film, they make it look like it was just this two- to three-minute thing. Yes. A.B. was down for a long time. Oh, that highlight right there? Yeah. That was like six or seven minutes that I cut down to yes. two minutes. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, A.B. was on the field for a long time, so yes. much so that on the opposite end, me, James, a lot of the defenders have finally caught up with Burfick on that side, and we were having our issues on the other end of the field. Sure. And we just laugh about it because in the highlights, you just see this quick 30 seconds of, oh, he's down, oh, the and push. And then Joey Porter's oh, all of a sudden in, the, in between, like, five <laughs> Bengals players. We're, we're, we're like, it was so much transpiring in that moment. And then from there, to see the, the, the game-winning field goal, seeing the fans throwing beers at his full cans of beer, mm-hmm. mind you. I yeah, mean, who, who wants to waste beers? Twelve Wouldn't you rather them just throw $12 at you? I, I, I would much rather that. That'd be much nicer. Yeah, and, and just going through that whole thing. And then I remember Coach T, like, even after the game ends, He's like, yo, get to the locker room. Just get I'm to sure. the locker room. Because he understood, like, it's nothing good going to come from us shaking their hands because it was already so much bad blood in between. Right. Because even the second matchup was when we had the big scuffle and they made the rule where you couldn't cross the 50-yard line. Oh, wow, that's right. Because that was that same year. 
That's right. So it was just, it, it was one of those nights that you just never forget. And I mean, we celebrated so hard in that locker room because it was such a big one because a lot of us were young. A lot of us, that was our first sure. defining playoff moment. For Shazier. Yeah, for a lot of for like, a lot of those guys. So for yeah. us, it was a big deal. Like, yeah, we finally like accomplished this. We did this together. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a huge deal for us, man. I and that was the year that they won the division. So that's what we was, had to go to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. Was Dalton hurt in that game? Or yes, before? it was AJ McCarron. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was AJ McCarron. Yeah, Dalton got hurt. I think it was his thumb. He broke his thumb, but it was he broke his thumb before we played him the second game. Yeah. So Dalton didn't dress in that game at all, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Ben got knocked out of the game. Yeah, came and then back Landry in. had to go in. Yep. Yeah, it was nice, man. So here's what I here's here's my story from that day. Right. Uh oh. I was working for the hockey team in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I've told you before we had a really I don't know if I ever shared this on air though. We had like a really nice travel bus, right? Because we took 12 hour road trips, we took 16 hour road trips, we took 18 hour road trips every month. You know, and when you've got a hockey team, which is what 18 guys plus your scratches plus your coaches you know plus me the media broadcaster guy plus all that stinking hockey equipment <laughs> like you need a pretty you know to, to travel with with all those people you know it's kind of similar to foot it's a lot of people it's a lot of equipment oh, yeah. it's a it's a process to travel w- welcome to one double a football that's how we travel every week right <laughs> so we have um we have this huge sleeper bus, right? Mm-hmm. That had twenty one. Bu- it was a you know like a tour bus. Oh no, we ain't have it like that. That had twenty one bunk beds on it, right? Okay. Twenty one, twenty one, twenty one, twenty one. And so I usually wouldn't get a bunk bed because again we've got eighteen. Oh, you drew the short. Stick. You got eighteen guys in the lineup, right? Plus you got the coaches. So, but I would normally get like a couch or something at the front of the bus, so it was okay. Did, was it solo? or Did you have to lap up? What do you mean lap up? Like. You like, were in another, oh, no, yeah, I was solo on the okay. couch. So usually myself, our equipment manager, and our athletic trainer, the three of us would split, like, the front of the bus. Okay. So one of us would get the couch. One would get, like, the dining area that turned into a bed. Okay. And then another would just put, like, an air mattress on the floor. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so we had TVs, three TVs in the bus, right? One in the back, one in the middle, one in the front. Yeah. So we could watch movies and watch. Our bus actually got cable on it. Nice. Like, it was a pretty nice bus. That's legit. Um, so we are coming back from Wisconsin. I can't remember if it was Madison or Green Bay. One of the two, right? We're coming back from Wisconsin, and the only Pittsburgh connections on the team were me and one of our two goalies. His name was Colin D'Augustine. Okay. And he was from uh, Moon Township, right? He played, <laughs> He actually, I think he just graduated. He played four years of hockey at Mercyhurst up in oh, Erie. Oh, yeah, I know Mercyhurst. Uh, yeah. and, and, he was, and he was from Moon Township. Really good goalie. Uh, good kid, was my fellow Yinzer on the team, right? Hey. So him and I are the big Steelers fans, right? So the game's over, we're checking our phones, everyone's showering and eating dinner, whatever, and we're packing back up on the bus to drive 12 hours back to Youngstown, whatever it is, and we get on the bus and the Steelers are down, mm. right? And, and man, me and Colin, we're like, oh, come on, man. And we're, like, pacing up and down the bus, you know, and the Bengals are driving at the end of the game to win, and Shazier forces that fumble, right? And me and Colin are going nuts. We're going nuts, and everyone on the bus is talking trash. You know, because they don't really care. They just want oh, our yeah, team to lose. Yeah, no question. And the the hit to A.B. happens, and me and Diog lose it, and then the penalty on – and Chris Boswell hits that field goal, and me and Colin D'Augustine are running up and down. And mind you, you know, at this point it's late at night. Oh, you yeah. know, we are running up and down our bus on the highway somewhere in Wisconsin. I love just, it. You know, I love it. Just laughing and clowning in everybody's face about what the Steelers just did. We, just, we couldn't believe that you guys were able to get out of that stadium with a win somehow. Because, like, it was so emphatic, like – you talk about never giving up. You talk about always 
being in the fight. We 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 say all these things, but you rarely get the opportunity to show it. Particularly on the road in an right. atmosphere like that. Like, like we talk about it, but it was one of those things that I always lean back to. Anytime even when I'm coaching my, my young girls now, I always tell them about stuff like this in terms of how whenever there's time on the clock, you are always in it. Because wacky things happen. Who would have thought that that penalty on top of another penalty would have got us in that range for that? Right. Like, you just never know. But if you don't compete, if you don't mentally believe that anything could happen, that we have a chance to win, you never get that opportunity. If we don't go out there on defense and say, hey, we're forcing we a are going to get a turnover here. I don't care what it looks like. It's going to happen. If we don't have that mentality, and it's not just one guy. All 11 got to have that mentality. If you don't have that, you don't even get the opportunity. But then it's like you see how when it comes to fruition, that feeling, how we're sitting here like it's, it's the most the, it's the most memorable sports feeling, I no think, question. is when you have games like that where you're down, you're down, you're yeah. down. It seems like, man, we got no shot. And then somehow against Al you just pull but it like, out at the like, end. I, I tell people I, I that's more of a fonder memory for me than when we blow out teams. Right, like it was funny. My wife, we always disagree. She's Snatched like, their soul from yeah. them right in Cincinnati. This is this is where me and my wife always disagree. She's always like, "Why can't y'all just go blow them out, beat them out there?" I'm like, honestly, babe, I feel so that was much, worse. Like I love these feelings right here because when you blowing a team out, like they eventually just turn it over, like or they'll turn it down. Like, look, man, it's over. Like y'all got to just kill the clock. But when it's a game like that where you see how they thought it was over, when they got that pick ran into the in the tunnel, they thought it was done. Dudes are unhooking stuff like, yo, we're out of here. And then for us to find a way to get that turnover. And then for everything to happen, how it happened in terms of the penalties. Like, even before the penalties, there nuts. was like a, what, a fourth and three or fourth yes, and four and that like, Ben and yes. A.B. converted yes. even before the penalties? There had to be a fourth down conversion. It, it was just one of those games that, I mean, Bengals fans will forever hate it. For us, we'll forever remember it. And. That's just the beauty of football, though. That's the beauty it really of sports. Is. It's the beauty of sport I and competition, it, right? I love do, too. It. Like like you said there, you kind of touched on it. You guys could have gone into Cincinnati and beat them on that day by 31 points. And we wouldn't even talk about it. And <laughs> and, and it, it wouldn't have been as heartbreaking for the Bengals fans as that, as that was. Because they thought they had it. And you think about everything leading up for their side, where they had been to the playoffs with multiple years in a row and could not get out that first round. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, finally, we're we gonna got get a it. win. It's and gonna be against it those guys. This yeah. is perfect. We're gonna beat our big brother finally. Yeah. Yep. In a playoff game, but instead you immortalized yeah. that one crying, that poor lady, that Bengals uh, fan. Crying Bengals girl. You know, yeah. she's a really good sport about it. No, she, no, she still, comes to Pittsburgh. She comes too, to Pittsburgh yeah. every year Absolutely. and helps like raise money for charity Absolutely, and wears man. that same bandana that she was wearing when she was crying hey, in the man. picture. At least she's a good sport about yeah, it. Yeah, shout out to it. If you're gonna if you're gonna be on a bad team, like be a bad team all the way through and through. Yeah. Embrace it, right? Embrace it, yeah. Embrace it. Baby. Embrace the suck. I just I saw that yesterday on Twitter four years ago and I was like, Man, we gotta talk about that tomorrow on the show because it was a great memory for me and, and being on the bus and reacting that way and I know I didn't even the kind of I, I knew it was a great memory for you but yeah. you even added to it with the, that that was your first real you felt like playoff was, game absolutely man that's one that uh that's one that we will remember for a long time uh, without a doubt so we're talking playoffs right that playoffs, was that what? was a that was a wild card game that sent to the Steelers in the division round in Kansas City no 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 right or was oh, that the, the year before? Year. It was the following yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is the year we went, went to right. Denver. We That's had right. Peyton Manning. Is he sacked? Is he not sacked? Oh. Yeah. That that was a whole other. Yeah. In the fumble. Donnie, yeah, that was a whole other. Oh, man. And that was a unique experience for me, too, because that was the first time I've ever been hurt. Well, actually, my second one, but my first major, like, 
oh, I'm really injured. Mm. Like, I tore my pec that game. Yeah. I'll never forget that. That's right. So that was a whole another animal right there for me in terms of memories. The good and the bad, right? Which is why I don't like Denver. Uh, me and PZ, <laughs> we, we both are anti-Denver. Only time I've ever heard my career, Denver. Denver. <laughs> Hoorah! Right. <laughs> On Twitter, at Wesley Euler at the body 52 The body. Let's talk a little divisional round playoffs when we return here inside the electric factory. It's Euler Remotes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Having some fun here, reminiscing on old playoff memories as we I get remember, ready to I remember. look ahead to a divisional round that I'm intrigued by Arthur Motes. Yeah, particularly, I mean, there's no Patriots in there. Oh, so. you're intrigued by, or I thought you were saying like you're intrigued by Arthur Motes. Well, I am intrigued by Arthur Motes. Oh, okay. I was just checking. So both. There's okay. a comma there, and there's not a comma there, you know? Mm. Like, are you an Oxford comma kind of guy? Now you got me thinking about this. I think so. I think so because, like you just said, man, it's hard to, you know, you can really, um, particularly when you're reading something, you can misinterpret what the person was trying to say without some of those extra commas. Yeah, you're right. You got to have commas, semicolons. (laughs) Punctuation. It's important to have punctuation. It's important to be on time to be punctual as well, too. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) I refuse to acknowledge... I got to stop, too, because one day I'm going to be late, and then it's just going to come completely 180 back in my face. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm going to do it bad. At least you, at least I called on the phone. You're going to try to call in. I'm not answering. I'm, I don't know what happened to Wes. He just said he's not coming That's in and a, not going to talk to nobody. I'll let you host that thing by yourself. Mm. Which you almost had to do last year. I'll never forget yeah. that. <laughs> 11.59 in the middle of that snowstorm, I rolled up yeah. here, and you were like, oh, thank God. <laughs> You were like, I was getting ready to host by myself. I was like, I didn't want that action. Not then. I wasn't ready. (laughs) He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Arthur Motes, only one team that played in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs last year is there this year. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. The other seven, Minnesota, San Francisco, Tennessee, Baltimore, Houston, Seattle, and Green Bay, uh, either weren't in the playoffs this year or lost in the wild card round. Mm -hmm. With this kind of... uh, Big turnover, I would say, right? A lot of new blood here, a lot of new teams who haven't, at least very recently, been uh, in the hunt. You know, Seattle's played for some Super Bowls if you want to go recently, right? But I'm talking just last year. Is that good or bad, in your opinion? Like, is it good that you get some some fresh blood in there, or is the absence, right, of the Patriots... Of the Blue Bloods ...and the Rams... And maybe like, like to a lesser extent, the Cowboys and the Eagles that we had expected over the last couple years. Is the turnover good? Is it he's bad? Not, or is not it going to say the Steelers in that group too? Well, the Steelers weren't in the playoffs last year. But no, the but Steelers the teams certainly, expect certainly the, years, the teams like, that you expect throughout the years. Geez. Then yeah, without a doubt, the Steelers would okay. be in that. Uh, I guess the Chiefs would be amongst that too, and they're still there. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else in the AFC. In the AFC, maybe uh, the Broncos, but not even, they've been out for a no, few years now. Ever, ever, yeah. Mm-hmm. is the big turnover that we've seen from last year to this year. Good for the game, bad for the game, or really neither. It just kind of is what it is. Um, I think it's good slash it is what it is. The reason why I think it's good is it continues to have the parity of the NFL in terms of even when we tried to talk about the Pages being the dynasty team or the juggernaut team. And that's the team still, that brings in the most eyeballs. Right, but you know, there were from still a, years where they weren't 
plan for the Super Bowl. Like, granted, right. it wasn't a lot of them, but there was still right. some transition, some parody in that regard. It wasn't viewed as how Golden State, when they had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and all those guys, like, it wasn't viewed in that vein. So for me, I think it's good because it gives everybody a legitimate shot. Everybody feels, hey, we can right. do this. Not the And that's what football is, right? The ultimate parody right. game. Absolutely. Every We're, team is only a few plays away from mm-hmm. from being much better. Which is huge. And I think that's why viewership is what it is, because you love the uncertainties of it. You love the feeling of, oh, this could really go any way. There is no oh, we don't really need to watch it because I already know who's gonna win. That's not the situation here. And even the games that the 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 favorite does win is still extremely close, coin flip almost in terms of who wins, who loses. So those are the things that I really enjoy, and in particular with this uh, this playoffs, I'm enjoying the most right now because now it's like who's going to be the new star to emerge, who's going to be the new guy to step up mm-hmm. and take this opportunity to be great, right? Like, it's rare that you get these opportunities. It's rare that you get an opportunity to take that step from good to great or great to legendary. Especially, too, when you consider after the Seattle-Green Bay game, right, when one of those teams gets eliminated Mm -hmm. because there's no ties in the playoffs. Nope. There will only be one quarterback remaining that has a Super Bowl ring Mm -hmm. because the two that are left are both in that game, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and one of them has to go home on Sunday night. Somebody got to go home. Somebody got to go. And I think, too, like, there's been some discussion about well, you know, since the Patriots and Tom Brady aren't there, since the Cowboys aren't there, since the Steelers aren't there, there's not that really, you know, that gravitating team or the Tom Brady and the Patriots right. and what they've become over the last 15, 20 years. Is that going to hurt viewership? Man, I tell you what, Green Bay, Seattle. They're going to be eyes watching that. At Lambeau Field. <laughs> They're going to be too There's going to be eyes. I think there was uh, 30 million-ish people that watched the Seattle Eagles game last week, right? There's going to be more than that that tune into Seattle Green Bay. There's going to be a ton of eyeballs that tune in to watch the Baltimore Ravens in that offense, Minnesota and San Francisco. People watch. These are good matchups, mostly. Oh, they, they no, they really are though. I think the only one that doesn't have the same type of intrigue you could say is the Ravens Titans. Yes, but because the Titans just beat the uh, the Patriots, right? People are going to be watching them to see how they respond to the next week. And I think when you consider too, we know what the Ra- the Ravens are very good. We know yeah. this. We've talked about it. But they've had their struggles against stopping the run this year. They have. The Ravens have. They definitely have. And, man, I think there's going to be that intrigue of people that are going to say, all right, well, can Derrick Henry do it two weeks in a row? Yeah, I think the difference is this, though. Derrick Henry can have a game like how he had last week. And the Titans could still lose. Because the Ravens' offense is going to look as yeah. nowhere near as bad as that Patriots' offense looked. You yeah. think about how bad the Patriots' offense looked, and they still had a chance to win the game. Like, <laughs> it's true. For me, like, you're not going to see that with the Ravens' offense. It's true. That's a good point by you. It's even when you play that style, right? The Titans are trying right. to play. Eh, it's tough. You can hardly ever blow teams right, out. Right, right. Because they, you felt like they were dominating the game, but right. the Patriots it's still had a chance to win. Almost like it. the way the Jaguars were a couple Correct. years ago. That like yes. even when you'd feel like they were dominating teams, like they're not ever no. really blowing anybody out. Oh, it's just out. a three point game right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's three point game. Brady has the ball. Everybody's like, oh god, here we go. We know how this ends. We going up to uh, Lambeau Field to shovel snow Sunday morning. Not a chance. Not a chance. chance. I do think that's kind of cool, though. Nah. No? What, shoveling snow? Do you know that that's what they do? No, no, no. That's a real thing. No, no, I know that, but I'm saying, do I think it's cool to shovel snow? Oh, no, not in general. I say, I don't want to shovel the snow. Derrick Henry and the Titans versus the Ravens will be, this is from producer Jacob, will be the fourth time the leading rusher faces the number one rush offense in the playoffs. Mm. 
The leading rusher is 3-0 in each of the previous three instances. Ezekiel Elliott against Seattle in 2018. Emmett Smith against Buffalo in the Super Bowl. That's Super Bowl 27. Got to flex my Roman numerals there. And uh, Earl Campbell against the Pats in 78, the divisional round. Interesting. Good stat pool so there you from said Jacob. they'll be 3 one after this weekend. All right, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think shoveling snow is not cool, but – if the Steelers were playing at home in a playoff game tomorrow, no, no, no. and we like, were about we to get in Buffalo. 10 inches of snow, yeah. and they opened up the stadium and said, hey, every, all you Yinzers no, can come down to Heinz Field yeah. with a shovel, I think that's pretty cool. No, no, no. I, I thought you were They're saying – They're already just, asking people to come Sunday morning yeah, to Lambeau because yeah, they're anticipating. I thought anticipating. you were saying, like, dude, oh, I think just in it's general? cool to shovel snow. I'm like, no. no. But in Buffalo, we did Heck it. no. Yeah, Buffalo was like every week. Hey, hey, guys, if you shovel snow, they, they would give them some type of uh, comp or, and something else and actually pay them on top of that. Yeah, it was always cool. You come in and you see just like 50, 60 people out there just shoveling that's away. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Uh, obviously, you don't get tickets because the no, game's no, no. well sold out in advance. Yeah. The, but I do think the people who come and shovel Lambo, they get a voucher somewhere. The way they did it, something. They, they pay them like an hourly wage okay. on top of giving them like it was either beer comps. Maybe or that's... food comp. So if they were to come to a game, okay. they would have a free like like beer. a voucher for yes. okay. Take this to the concession stand yes. and you get a beer it was like and a that hot type dog. Of thing on top of getting paid, I think they would pay them like fifteen dollars an hour, or something like that. For they'll be out there two three hours, right? Get it out and then they were done. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I don't like just shoveling snow though. Yeah, that's what I thought you were saying. Like, don't you just love it? I'm like, no. actually, no, actually, not at all. <laughs> I don't shoveling snow or uh, mowing the lawn. Which which would you rather? Neither. I know, but but which would you rather? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll say shovel. I would say shovel as well because it's a quicker process. Quicker process. It's at least a workout. Well, and I like it because the only time I go out to shovel snow is like if I'm really in my zone. I got my boots, my big boy coat. Yeah, you're all bundled up. You're ready to go. I just feel like I feel like I'm about to go into the frozen tundra. As opposed to every time I cut the grass, I feel like it's a Saturday morning. I'm slightly hungover, and it's 97 degrees outside. I'm sweating, (laughs) sweating like like crazy. (laughs) Shoes green. I smell like grass. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but neither. Like, like I can shovel neither. snow, come back inside, change, and lay on the floor, lay on the bed, and be good. You cut the grass, I got to come in and take a shower because I yes. got like residue on me. Like, right, you yeah. got to like knock off your shoes and yeah, your socks. Yeah, so you don't I, track I don't grass like through the house. Yeah. You do the you a manual labor guy around the house? Not a chance. <laughs> what? You don't cut the grass? I told my you don't wife the driveway. Listen, listen, you ain't even doing no mulching. I cut the grass once. Actually. Once and a half a week because my dad was a stickler for the grass looking a certain way. I cut so much grass growing up, like, I will never touch another lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I shoveled so much snow. Like, even, like, I tell you, we only had six inches of snow, and that would, like, shut the city down. But we would still, my parents would be like, hey, go out there and make some money. You're going to shovel everybody oh, in the yeah. driveway. Go go down to your grandma's house around the corner, shovel hers out too for free. Then I was cutting grass and I was washing cars. Mm-hmm. Like that's what my Saturdays consumed. If yep. it was a snow day, I'm shoveling snow. If it was a regular day, I'm cutting grass and washing cars. So you will never see me wash my car. You will never see me cut grass. You'll never see me shovel snow. And the only time I shovel the snow is if the snowman has already came and plowed my spot and we got hit with some more snow. Mm-hmm. And wife got to get a little bit out and, of there. And wifey got to go somewhere. Yeah, I'll come and clean it up for her. Other than that, I'm not doing it. I don't want to. And, and I've worked hard, so that way I'm in a position where I don't have to. Yes. Everybody has their things. That's my thing. 100%. I work hard, so that way I don't have to shovel the snow and cut the grass. Uh, I'm with you. I 
I can't stand it. I started cutting the grass at my house when I was 12 years old, I think. I was probably younger than that. Yeah, I mean. My dad just, was like, you're going you're gonna to cut this grass. We had the biggest lot in our neighborhood. Yep. And yep. we had a push mower. Yep. And it took me three hours to cut <laughs> our grass when I was a kid. And I'm out Absolutely. there sweating. And I'm dying. And I'm mulching the yard and doing yep. the mulch beds. And I'm pulling the weeds. Yep. And I'm sh- and, and shoveling the snow. I could see somebody two houses down with a big yard. like my, A smaller yard than mine with a driving lawnmower. And I'm over here pushing mine. No bag on it either. Mm-hmm. No bag on the lawnmower. So, you know, I got to come back and, like, clean up all the, all, mm-hmm. all the excess cut. Yeah. Oh, we had the same childhood. Oh, man. <laughs> same, same childhood. No, and then, I, and then, I'm done with it. Look, 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 and then my dad would be like, because I used to tell him, like, yeah, I got football practice coming. He's like, yeah, you're going to get a football shape. Put your pads on, helmet included, cleats, and cut the grass in your uniform. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be the kid out there with the helmet on. Shoulder pads, That's knee pads. That's a good pads, idea, actually. Walking, cutting the grass. He's like, good thing my dad shape. didn't make me do that in my hockey equipment. Yeah, that would have been. Could you imagine those hockey gloves trying right, to hold dude. on? It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Hated no. When I when I moved it. when I moved out of my parents' house in 2015, I said I'm never cutting grass yep. again. When Morgan and I, I made a vow to myself, man. In July of 2018, when Morgan and I moved from Philly back to to Pittsburgh, yeah. When we were looking at places, mm-hmm. I said to her, "Yep." <laughs> And lawn care better come included. Yep. <laughs> so guess what, Motsi? We live somewhere where there's HOA. Yep. And they cut the grass <laughs> and they mulch the yard. Absolutely. And you know what? I wake up at 7 a.m. to take my dog outside and the driveway's already plowed. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fantastic. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pay a little extra. Y'all take care of that, though. And I maybe, need that. You know, maybe when I'm in my 50s and 60s, it'll come back around. Right, it might be I'll, different. Like, I want to get a riding lawnmower yeah, and I want to be out be there. It might be different, but for now, yeah. No, I'm, Not happening, bro. From the time that I was 16 until I graduated college, College, every summer, me and my buddies would do landscape yard work yeah. in our community, too, to make extra Easy money. money. Easy money. Go out there and bust listen, your back listen. for 10 hours I'm, and mulch somebody's house. I'm walking down the street with my llama. Push llama walking down the street, door to door. Hey, would you like your grass cut yep. today? Hey, okay, you do? Okay, I'll cut it up for you. $20. I'm cutting up for $20. $20. Three hours of grass cutting for 20 Dollars. We'd go to Kinko's. We'd get flyers made at the beginning of every yep. summer and throw them in the mailboxes. Uh-huh. I Pushed so many wheelbarrows and so many yards, so many tons of mulch in my day. I'll never do it again. I'm done with that. Never do it again. I'm done with that. Shout out to the fans in Green Bay. Shout out to the fans in Buffalo. Shout out to the fans wherever you are that you go and shovel snow. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're a real one. Yeah. Big shout out for the next two, three months because that's all we're going to be doing. (laughs) On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at The Body 52. The Body. Get your questions in before we wrap up here. About another 20 minutes to do so when we come back. Oh, it's time, Motsi. Mm. Gots to get that paper. We are. Gots to show me the money. When we return, Arthur Motes will look ahead to the four divisional round playoff games. I'm sure you probably got some opinions on your JMU Dukes tomorrow as Go well, too. Dukes. We'll get that paper when we return. Inside the Electric Factory, Euler and Motes, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show on a Friday, Euler and Motes inside the electric factory. Motesy. What's the word? I mean, you know, I told you after last weekend, after all the football, I needed a cigarette. I mean, this weekend we got another we got another great dance on deck. 
This is true. Four of them fangs in the divisional round. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We've also got Arthur Motes' JMU Dukes. Look at you. In the national championship. Look at you. See, listen, all you do is come in here and try and poo-poo and put down my nah, Mountaineers. Nah, 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 when nah, all I, I try and do is, is uplift and, listen, <laughs> and bring listen. positivity. Anytime I'm going down to JMU, I drive by West Virginia. <laughs> I drive by W, and every time I drive by that, I think of you. You go, that's my man Wes. And then, and then, and then, and then I, you think I gotta get my bets in before I cross the West Virginia line. Well, well I think about that as well. <laughs> I've told you that. I think about that too. But but that's like the benchmark of my drive. You know what I mean? I love I, it. I, I know when it. I, when I when I'm passing it, I'm like, all right, I'm about to leave the state. When I'm coming back, I'm like, hey, we're getting I'm close. Almost home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you want to start? You want to start with? Well, I guess you. If we go chronologically, your JMU Dukes are first on yeah, the docket. Yeah, man, they first on the docket, man. Why is hey hey? Let's not stand upon ceremony, baby. Let's go ahead and make this thing happen. All right. So without further ado, it's time to get that paper. Mm-hmm. Show me the money. Show me the money. It just hit different with that song, bro. Yeah, forget the autumn wind. It's like the <laughs> winter wind. Right. Of Pittsburgh blowing over the Mahaganala. Oh, Arthur Motes, it's January. January football. We got the Dukes. And we got the Bison. I had to think about it there for a second. Who do we have? Right, that's right, isn't it? North Dakota State Bison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North Dakota State Bums. Hold, hold on, let me ask Jacob real quick. Can we come down just a little on the music? Just a little just a little bit. A little bit more. Little bit down. That's good. Alright, now we're talking. You know, gotta make sure that our, our our gambling advice is coming through nice and absolutely, crispy here. Absolutely. Arthur Mutz, it's like a pick'em game between your dukes and those bison. It is, man. Down in Texas. In how's, Frisco? It gonna, how's it gonna play out, Arthur Motes? Come on, man. You see what I got on today. I got JMU football purple on my top. I, need, I got JMU purple on my feet. I need a score prediction from you. I even got JMU purple on the interior lights of my car. Ooh. Yeah, it's a feature. It's pretty dope. It's game week. All right? We got to coordinate. Okay? Mm-hmm. So with that being the case. Our time and our clothes got to coordinate. Absolutely. You see the gumdrop buttons? You see the mushroom top? No, but, <laughs> <laughs> but with that being the case. You know I'm always riding with the Dukes. You already Obviously. know that. You already know that. I think it's a close one. Though. I got the Dukes by three. Okay. Yeah. High scoring game, you think? Uh, Two good offenses. No, no, no. I, I'm thinking it's going to be under under 45 total points, though. Okay. Good scoring, but under 45 total. Okay. Low 20s. Yes, low 20s. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because we got the Pittsburgh kid, Ben DiNucci. You know he's going to make it do what it do. But they also got, I mean, one of the best quarter. He's a finalist for the Walter Payton. Uh, North Dakota State's North quarterback, State's yeah. Quarterback. Yeah, so he's really good. But then again, our defense is, what, number two ranked in the country mm-hmm. or whatever? Leads the league in sacks. I mean, two edge rushers. Thir- what, one has 14 and a half, one has 12. So yeah, we get after the passer. I got the Dukes as well. Okay, talk big ball, Timmy then, West. 21-20, let's go, Dukes. Talk big ball. The only time, well, there's only two times I ever root for a team in purple. Mm. That's when I got money on the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> And this Saturday for <laughs> Arthur Motes' JMU Dukes. Let's ride. All right. Into the NFL we, we go here. We got big time Motsy. ball this weekend, we baby. We got big time ball this weekend. We're going to start chronologically. First game on the docket, 
2.35 Sunday afternoon in Santa Clara, California. I guess it'll be 1.35 yes. Saturday afternoon in True. Santa Clara, California. The Vikings against the Niners. Ooh. A Vikings team that has been playing really well lately. Hot, they're they're hot. feeling themselves after that victory. You like that? A Niners team that it's been a few years since Harbaugh was there and they were going to the playoffs. They've mm-hmm. now had to sit there for a week while the Vikings earned a huge victory. OT. It's the two quarterbacks that we joke about a lot, Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, and not about Are they good? Are they terrible? We joke Who about knows? we joke about Prescott and Wentz in a good way. We joke about these two in yeah. the uh, no kind of uh. no way. Arthur Motes, the San Francisco 49ers are seven point favorites at home. How do you feel about the other team wearing purple that's going to be in action on Saturday? Oh, you said seven-point favorites? Seven-point favorites. No Bro, half points in there. Listen, they're not beating the Vikings by seven. No. That's not happening. No. Captain Kirk is balling out. Jimmy G has never played in a playoff game, so we, we, we don't even know what we're going to get from Jimmy G. On top of that, man, the only thing I'm concerned about is Adam Thielen. Yeah. In terms of his ankle, yes. how healthy is he? But Stephon Diggs, when you look at Dalvin Cook, when you look at the way that defense for the Vikings is playing, I, got, I feel like they they're, they they might not win the game, but they're not losing by seven. Put it like that. I'm with you on that, too. Give me the Vikings plus seven. Yeah. I, I hesitate to pick them straight up to win. Right. I don't want to do that because I don't. I still don't know what I'm getting from Kirk. He's inconsistent. At the same time, though, it would it, it would not. I, I wouldn't call it a huge upset if the Vikings did win. Correct. I wouldn't either. And I feel like for whatever reason, yeah, sometimes you just have a feeling about certain teams. I got a feeling. Like, I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I was saying this about the Washington Nationals all throughout the playoffs, uh-huh. right? Like, they they just stay in the fight. Like they, they just and the Vikings it feels like over the last couple years, right? They've just stayed in the fight. They've they had the Minneapolis miracle, mm-hmm. right? And they had they went to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum as their gonna, starting are quarterback. Are you going to drown or are you going to start bailing water? What I, you going to do, baby? You Come know on what? Now. I think I might even pick the Vikings to win this you game. You better hold fast. Don't hey, don't don't you do that to me cuz last time we had this conversation, I went on Fox Bet Sports app and I won me some money. Shout out to the Titans. But I'm certainly taking the Vikings plus 7. Okay, I like it. Then we're on the same page. Saturday night uh oh! In prime time, oh, the Titans, another team that's feeling real good about yeah, it. They're buddy. smelling themselves, the Tennessee oh, yeah. Titans, oh, against yeah. the Ravens, the fourteen and two Baltimore Ravens. The haven't seen Lamar Jackson in three weeks. Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens favored by ten points, double digits. The Titans keep it closer to the Ravens' roll. I like a ten piece. Give me Ravens plus ten. I like that. You mean Ravens minus 10? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm tripping. So you Ravens think, minus 10. So I think they will win by more than 10. You're picking yes. them to win big. I do. And, 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 well, in the NFL, I feel like if you win by 10, that's big. It is, oh, no. Double like, digits in the NFL <laughs> you know is big. Like, yes. I think that's what people don't understand. Like, 10 points is a blowout in the NFL. Like, that's a big time win. So if I, I, just, if I said, like, 10 and a half, you still taking Baltimore? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I just think that – I think the Ravens win by two scores. I think they win by 14. That's what I think, honestly. Just because – no matter what you say with Derrick Henry, that offense is not enough. I think that the Ravens' defense has been playing a lot better. Everybody mm-hmm. got enamored with the Patriots because of what they did early in the season, and you got that false sense of, oh, they're really good. But we saw as the competition stiffened, that mm-hmm. defense looked a little iffy. Mm-hmm. We, we forget that the Miami Dolphins went up into New England and got after that same Patriots defense. So why was it such a surprise that you saw the Titans do the same thing a week later, just in a different fashion? Because that Patriots defense was very fluky. This Ravens Frauds. defense is the opposite. The Ravens defense wasn't talked about early on, and now you saw them really pick it up. And they stopped the run. So with that being the case, man, I definitely think they're going to win by two scores. I do too. I- 
part of me thinks it could be like a nine-point victory because, mm -hmm. again, Lamar Jackson hasn't played in three weeks. Correct. I, I do think there's a real element of some rust there. Mm -hmm. And it will be rest. Anytime you come off the bye week, anytime you haven't played in a couple of weeks, sure. you will have like, rest. It wouldn't surprise me if at halftime the Ravens were up three points. Or, or if it was tied at halftime. Or even yeah. if the Titans were up three no points question. at halftime, something like that. I just think the Ravens will be able to overwhelm them with the speed that they play with from an offensive standpoint and the playmakers that they have. I think so, too. I'm with you on that. If it was ten and a half, I'd be hesitant. Mm. But I think, I think the Ravens can win by ten you know, points. No, I'm not a blinker. On to Sunday. Chiefs hosting the Texans. Another big spread. The Chiefs favored by nine and a half against the Houston Texans. Two of the uh, young and popular quarterbacks. Two exciting offenses. Two head coaches, Motsi, that are desperately trying to fight against that narrative that they can't get it done. Chiefs nine and a half point favorite. I like the Chiefs to win. Mm. I don't know about, about nine and a half, though. I think I might take the points in the Texans on that. Yeah, nine and a half. That's a lot. Because both teams can put up points like crazy. They can and I don't think we're going to see the Texans start off slow like how they did right. last week versus the Bills. And it could even be a situation where the Chiefs are up by 14 points at the end of the game and the Texans score a garbage time touchdown. Which they definitely will. Yes. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. I'll take the Texans because of the spread. Oh, they take the points with the Texans, but I think the Chiefs win that game yep. Com comfortably. Comfortably, yes. And, oh, man. Uh-oh. The, uh, the, 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 uh, uh -oh. the feature film of the weekend. Uh oh Seahawks going to Lambeau Field. Hey. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. A little snow on the ground. A little snow on the ground. Four and a half point favorites are the Green Bay Packers. That's a big number. Ooh. I like them to win, Motsi, but I don't know about that four and a half. If it comes down closer to kickoff, I will take the Packers. Because, okay. you know, it can move still a little yes. bit. If it sticks at four and a half or even goes up to five, give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think the, the Packers will win. I think it's a field goal game, though. Definitely think it's a field goal game. I think so, too. And, and I would feel a lot better if Aaron Rodgers had been playing consistent all year. But because yes. he's been so inconsistent, I just don't know what I'm getting from him. So if I'm making my bets, I cannot bet on inconsistency. So I'll take the Seahawks because of the spread, because of the yeah, points. Yeah, with the points. But I do think the Packers win, though. Packers win by two, win by three. The yeah. four and a half, you still cover. That'll do it for us this week. Go Everybody, Dukes. let's go Dukes. Enjoy the football this weekend. Again, I can't say let's go Titans, remember, but I can say. Oh, you don't want to tighten up? I can say don't go Ravens, right? There you go. That's, yeah. what, that's what we'll stick with. Falter Ravens. Hey, hey, there hey. we go. <laughs> good, good luck to everybody this weekend except Baltimore. That's how you say it. Now we're talking. Yep. Now we're talking. All the teams wearing purple this weekend except for Baltimore. <laughs> except for Baltimore. <laughs> Thanks to our buddy Jacob for producing. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on Twitter. You know we appreciate it as always. We'll talk to the ends on Monday. And we will have plenty to break down. We'll also get into more of that Clemson-LSU National Championship game on Monday as well. So we'll talk to the ends then. Same time, same place. High noon. And as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.